0: Hello, and welcome to this special episode of Listening In. As you've heard throughout the series, this bonus episode is sponsored exclusively by our friends at Johnny Walker Blended Scotch Whiskey, who, besides having the smooth Scotch Whiskey on the planet, are pushing culture forward with their incredible work to advanced underrepresented communities. This spirit of progress and stretching boundaries is something we're passionate about at Code. We're truly proud to call them a partner on the show. To learn more about their First Strides program, visit johnnywalker.com. And with that, cheers, as we go behind the scenes of Listening In. Hesty, play Listening In.
1: Playing Listening In,
0: presented by Johnny Walker Blended Scotch Whiskey. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the behind-the-scenes extra-special bonus episode of Listening In. I am your host from QCode Media, Sandra Yi ling and I am super excited to introduce you to the incredible Rachel Brosnahan and Sabrina Jacklum from the podcast itself. So Rachel plays our lead character, Julia, and is also a producer of the podcast with her company, Scrap Paper Pictures. And Sabrina is our writer and director and creator and producer of the series as well. So, hello, welcome, and thank you both for doing this and being here. Thank you. What an introduction. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I I prepared that one in advance. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to do a good old Q and A to get you know so all the exciting behind the scenes info from you both, and we'll just get into it. Sabrina. Maybe you can give us like a little intro to what Listening In is all
1: about and, and how you originated the idea or, or what your influences were when you were writing. Yeah, well, um, Listening In is an audio drama about one woman played by Rachel, whose home sound system begins transmitting conversations from other apartments in her building into her own. And at first she thinks that uh, she's not sure what it is, and she becomes interested in listening to these various people all around her. And with time, she uncovers a larger conspiracy under her own roof that she gets caught up in. Um, So it's a little bit of an audio rear window. That was a major influence. Um, One of my influences was a true story that happened was when I was living in New York and I heard this crazy thing in my apartment building. I heard my neighbors in this massive fight and the walls were paper thin, of course, and I heard them yelling. I heard them fighting. I got very concerned and I was kind of like, what should I do? Do I Is it my responsibility? Is it not to do anything to interfere? To Do I call the cops? I don't know. It was like brutal sounding. And then they started laughing and I realized um, with more listening, that they were actors rehearsing a scene in their apartment, <laughs> and it really just made me think about the way uh, we, our minds are 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 crazy, and we can go to great lengths of imagining what what is happening, um, and kind of the way that perception and reality through an audio lens um, is almost more like our mind. We are such visual people, so when we hear something, I think our minds go to greater lengths to imagine what that might be. Oh. That's
0: fascinating. I had no idea <laughs> oh, yeah. that that... Oh, you definitely live in L.A. Well, now I live in L.A.
1: Yeah. That was in New York. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. that sounds
2: like a New York thing. Can completely, confirm.
0: completely. Oh. Well, Rachel, I want to ask you about Julia. Can you describe Julia and what attracted you to her as an actress?
2: Julia is uh, is a writer and she is thoughtful and sharp and creative and uh, and generally pretty balanced. so I think when when she starts overhearing these conversations that grow increasingly concerning and confusing for her, the fact that she goes so far off the deep end was uh, was it's always interesting to watch someone unravel, I suppose, especially someone who seemingly has their shit together as it were. although are we allowed to curse in here?
0: <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Wow, I'm doing it. I want. love the audio yeah, space. <Yeah>. And what choices did you make in playing her for the podcast?
2: Well, I think a lot of those choices unfolded in in the room or in the Zoom room, as it were, with Sabrina, who obviously created this. Mm. And, you know, this is not my first, but certainly one of my first forays into the audio space. And And you lose, as an actor, the ability to use your face and use your, you know, mm. your body to communicate. And so... Yeah. Directors are so important in the audio space because they can let you know whether what you're intending is coming across, and so I feel like we we played around with a lot of variations on single lines, which is something that you don't do, but also don't have the opportunity to do most of the time uh, on camera or on stage, and so it was really fun. It was a really different process, and it was a really different process of of making and finding choices along the way.
0: Amazing. Um, this is a question I want to ask both of you. So so Julia is is a woman who discovers that her husband is, is keeping a secret from her that feels very, very serious, um, which which is a very scary thing, right, in a partnership or, or a marriage. So, like, is she scared? Like, what is she hoping to discover, do you think, and what does she do once she finds out, like, that there is this secret between them. Yeah.
1: Well, I think at first, you know, there is this feeling of, of, Confusion, but also betrayal, right? And it's it's without even knowing what the secret is, knowing something is being kept from me. And and in the particular case of Julia and this character in the story, she's new to a new city. She you know moved there for her husband Noah's job. So I think there's a feeling of isolation, isolation within your marriage, within your world and life. Um, and at first, it's it's a natural instinct to just want to know what's going on with the person you're sharing your life. Obviously as the series unfolds, you know, she learns a lot and there's more than meets the eye going on. Um, but I, I think it's that feeling of really wanting to feel grounded in a partnership and, and especially when the other parts of your life are feeling untethered.
2: And I think Mm. naturally, as I imagine it would be for most people, her first impulse is to trust the person that she's developed this long relationship with first and foremost. So when, when signs begin pointing to the idea that he may be being dishonest with her or something else may be going on, I think her first impulse is to quiet that voice that's becoming louder and louder inside her head. But in this story, it unfolds pretty quickly. It becomes undeniable pretty quickly, I should say, that something bigger is mm-hmm. going on. And when she essentially gives him the opportunity to come clean and he doesn't, that betrayal is felt hard and fast mm-hmm. and and sets her and them both ultimately on this careening on this path towards, towards the end.
1: Yeah. And I also think because she is a writer too, there's that... Na- almost investigative part of being a writer where you mm-hmm. want to know people and what's going on with them and what makes them tick. And the kind of more gaslighting side of that is us saying, oh, are you just yeah. imagining it? Because you're a writer and you're imaginative. But I actually think it's that desire to kind of understand people on a deeper level and and uh, investigate is is a big part of her personality too. So,
0: Sabrina, how did characters like Noah and Henry evolve from the page to the audio with the casting of Manish Dayal and also David Aaron Baker? Did their roles shift or were their voices as you originally conceived?
1: Both Manish and and David brought their own wonderful personalities to the role. I think Manish is such a a wonderfully sweet guy Mm -hmm. and it actually works beautifully because, you know, Noah is also going through a lot, he's also stressed. And yes, of course he acts like an asshole, but I think it works very well that um, the way he played it was not an asshole, someone who's stressed and frustrated and at the end of his rope. And you have to understand that these are people who did share a life um, that's devolving, but it doesn't just switch right away, right? It doesn't just go to, now we hate each other. Um, so the way he brought uh, his performance to that role really helped. And David, in the role of Henry, um, you know, there's a way to play Henry that I think would have been wrong, where he's just yelling all the time, and he's such a powerful force. Um, he doesn't need to. He knows he's powerful, and the way Henry really embodied that—sorry, David really embodied the role of Henry—it um, was really, you know, sometimes it's either one of the same. exactly. <laughs> um, really, he just was able to, with a line, kind of shut down the idea of conversation, really make his stance clear without having to, I mean, obviously raises his voice a few times, but uh, he didn't have to yell the whole time. He got to have that that serious, solemn power. And a fun fact, uh, Manish and I
2: have known each other for a really long time. We met doing a movie almost 10 years ago. And, and so this was a really, really fun reunion for us from our various closets across the country <laughs> to, to be able to get to, to hang out and, and act together again. It was so fun.
1: Yeah, none of us were in the same state. <laughs> mm
0: <Mm-mm. Yeah. laughs> well, What was it like um, recording in the remote setting with him? Were you able to impact each other's performances? Yes. Thankfully,
2: because of Zoom and how commonplace it's become, I think we've become more accustomed to the slight delay and technical glitches and and a little bit of the weirdness that is having a conversation on Zoom and in some ways it lends itself to the audio space because you are recording alone so you're impacting each other but but you're not but it's okay to overlap because you're recording separately if that makes sense your your mics are not picking up the other person's voice so it can all mm-hmm. be pulled apart and put back together in the edit in a way that makes the most sense and and, um, you know, and tells the best story, but it was, it was odd. I, you know, I've only done one other podcast and we did it in the studio. Most of us were together in the same space and here I only really got to hear everyone's performances together because I'm a producer on the project, but didn't perform with everyone. With anyone um, besides Manish. Yeah. No one, no one besides Manish. And so I had no idea really how David was going to play the role, for example, until I heard it back in post and you just crossed your fingers and hope that it all makes sense. But thankfully Sabrina's there through the entire process and can help that make sure that everything's cohesive.
1: Yeah, that was, I mean, it's definitely a unique challenge. It was great. We recorded everything with Rachel first because then she could set the tone for the, for the whole season kind of. And, you know, if an actor in another role made a choice that wouldn't match up. We were, you know, I was able to say, okay, this maybe doesn't fit. And then sometimes, you know, actually I was surprised that that certain different conversations that maybe I didn't think were going to fit very well did because all all the actors were really just so talented and dropped into the role themselves. And it was a very interesting experiment putting them together. Um, usually, you know, if you're picking a, a take, usually both actors are in the same take the best and, and finding different <laughs> pieces was, was a unique experience for sure. Did, did it take you Longer than it normally does. Oh yeah, I mean, and then on the flip side, <laughs> no, because you're not doing visual, you're not doing all the other kind of elements. But sure. but yes, I feel like normally you discount takes in in a post in traditional filmmaking more easily if one actor maybe isn't as on their game as the other one, or someone messes up line, or the camera moves, or you have something in the background. You know, this was every the quality was perfect across the board because it's everyone's in their closet, the audio is great, so it definitely took longer. Saying, okay, well, if we pair, you know, 1A from Rachel and like six (laughs) from David, like how did this make it feel versus a different take? How does that make it feel? Um, Yeah, it was. You can also dissect the
0: lines between takes in a different way that you can't do in the edit. To totally you could change out specific yeah.
1: lines or, or like Rachel said we did a lot of just one lines over and over again you never have that much variety which is yeah a blessing and a curse <laughs> yeah i bet it's like adr <sighs> yes yes so this question
0: is for you Rachel um so i mean i feel like audiences have known and loved you already as like a lead a lead actor but recently you've started to get into the game as a producer and audiences are getting to know you in that respect as well. What, what was involved in being a producer and listening in and and what was that experience like for you? It was great.
2: As I said, this is a really new space for, for me and my team. And, and this experience was so different in a way that was really exciting from the previous one that we had. Both were great, but really different and, and that's one of the things that we look for when we're looking for a project that we are interested in producing and not just something that I'm interested in performing in is, is the opportunity to expand and grow and experiment in new spaces and new techniques and, and, you know, with new collaborators and, and, um, and it was great. You know, we had, we had a meeting with, with Sabrina and the team from Q code and, and automatic and, uh, and we talked about the project and, and the way that Q Code um crafts their their projects in the audio space and and we're very excited to to try this this new mode of creating and we were able to be a part of the process of editing and crafting in post and and uh, you know all, all the way from sort of these early conversations through the end.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome. I, I, I was on the periphery of it because I know I wasn't boots on the ground with you both, but I, I watched it all and it came together so beautifully um, between the two of you. No, it
1: did. It was great. It was really great. You know, you have, you know, we had CUCO, we had Automatic, we had Scrap Paper, and everyone lent a very different perspective. Um, but it was wonderful. You know, when you have someone also attached to Star and who's also producing, you can really dig into the character. I think earlier on in a different way, which is very cool.
2: Yeah, that's one of the things that's been really nice. You know, we 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 produce both projects that I'm in and projects that I'm not. But that is one of the particular advantages of of being able to produce something that I'm in as an actor is exactly what you're saying. Those early conversations about character and story that normally you kind of show up on the day and you may have done all this homework at home and then something doesn't quite align, or or you know, you're you're sort of backing yourself into a lot of conversations that have been having for months before you arrive. And it's a real gift to be able to be even just in conversation with a writer and director mm. early on in the process.
1: Yeah, I think I feel like the the kind of script pass we did was so much more character focused earlier mm-hmm. on. And it was really I think it was great to do that before we got onto our fake Zoom set.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like how I can't quite remember how long. How long it was from that initial meeting? I suppose we had conversations about script and then casting and yeah.
1: I think, well, it was a while because I think you we first had a meeting and then you came on board and we started that process. But then... I was shooting oh, I was in and was yeah, yeah. you So we yeah. were back to back, like we were both in New Mexico. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And I was shooting. And I think as soon as I left, you went there. Um, yeah. So it took, so we just put it on pause for a minute. Um, but then I think as soon as we got the ball rolling with casting, it was all pretty quick to dive in. And that's yeah. one of the beauties of, of the audio space is you don't have to location scout and, and get a full mm-hmm. crew at the beginning. You know, I think you could did a great job of the post-production crew is, so built out and so impressive, and we had all those people, but for for recording, you know it was just checking availabilities for actors, but really we were able to dive in pretty quickly once once we were free, which was special well and, and even more yeah. quickly with the way
2: that we were recording yeah, remotely totally because we didn't have to align everyone's schedules to be able to be in the same place at the same time mm-hmm. so it was you're right, it was really, really fast from once we pulled the entire cast together. To actually having something in hand to be able to begin editing. Yeah, I
1: think we recorded three days kind of straight. And then mm-hmm. a few weeks later we we or we did you and miniature on up. there. And then we did everyone else kind of over like a few days. Oh yeah, we did a pickup after we started editing, um, which was really helpful because in in mm-hmm. audio, you know, it's that balance of you want people to understand what's going on, but you don't want to be too expository. You don't want to tell everyone everything all the time. And, you know, I really wanted the audience to feel like we're hearing what you're hearing and experiencing it with you, Um, but not too much, you're not pandering to them and saying, "Hey, now here's how I feel. Um, But definitely in the edit process, there are a few moments on both sides, right? There are a few moments where I actually I ended up cutting a few expository lines. And then we did a pickup, adding some of those things back in or, or a lot of efforts, a lot of, I think you just like made yourself hyperventilate. The, oh yeah. I was grunting a lot in my <laughs> yeah. closet. Because there's all the running around <laughs> and sure the, the footsteps and the, the audio design helps so much and the directionality of it, but feeling your presence was uh, really something we added in and, and really helpful.
0: So I wanted to ask both of you as well about podcasting, like narrative fiction podcasting. Podcasting has been around for so many years, but in recent years, narrative podcasting or narrative fiction has really like increased a lot in popularity. So what attracted you to this story as a podcast or do you find like it's more exciting in the podcasting space? Like how is the types of
1: stories that you're able to tell in this space any different? Well, it's kind of what I was just saying. First of all, the, the speed with which you can get something going is very exciting because the goal I think for all of us all the time is to make things, but you mm-hmm. know, it takes a long time. So you get the money, you get the logistics, you get everyone involved, you know, it takes a long time. And obviously the writing process took sometimes eight episodes, but the actual recording process we were able to dive into. So that's very exciting. And, you know, I I would say this is a fairly grounded show in a lot of ways, but you, you don't have to just, you don't have to worry when you're writing it on my part, at least like, okay, well, will this be too expensive to shoot or feasible? Will we need stunts? Will we need, you know, visual effects? So you're definitely able to live in the space of storytelling and imagination a little bit more. Um, and I think, it was kind of what I was saying earlier, viewers, I think audio is such a crazy cool tool because you imagine so much. So I, it's it's also really exciting to give over to the listeners the ability for them to see in their own mind's eye, like what these characters look like, what the apartment looks like, what the space mm-hmm. looks like. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very different, but it's um, it's free in a lot of ways. Do you think that opens it up to the
0: kinds of stories you're able to tell, like being able to take more risks, um, genre wise, or just like concept wise.
2: Definitely. It's one of the most exciting things about the audio space. And it feels like we're just scratching the surface at this point. Like Sabrina said, there's still so much experimentation to be done in this audio space. It's always exciting when you, when you can find or hear stories that have been tailor made for this space. Um, but also as Serena said too so much of this is just about storytellers wanting to tell stories and finding different ways to be able to do that and different ways to reach different audiences and to make something quickly if that's what you want to be doing you know it's it's just another another medium to tell stories and to reach people with them and you know audiobooks mm. have been popular for a little bit longer, we've had these unscripted podcasts that rose in popularity in the last couple of years. And so in some ways, this feels like a marriage of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it feels and, more
1: accessible in some ways because people can listen while yeah. they're in their car or making their yeah. coffee. And, you know, I still love the idea of people sitting down and listening and, and focusing in, but it's it's actually beautiful that you can experience a story. And it's, it's actually, you know, it's like a radio play, which is- mm-hmm. The predecessor to television and movies, you know and and it's this kind of beautiful cyclical thing where uh, people access it in a very modern way on their phones and 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 the tools we've used to record it are very advanced. but the um origin is is kind of a callback to when people really just like sat around the radio, and I think that's it's very cool. It's cyclical, yeah, in a way that that feels
2: good. and it also gives more Kinds of creators the opportunity to tell their stories too, mm-hmm. because it's because yeah. it's not as expensive, because it can be done more quickly, um, because there's also new executives in this audio space who are looking for those brand mm-hmm. new storytellers. It's an exciting new frontier in an industry that's evolving.
0: Sabrina, did you write this story for the podcasting medium from the inception? Like, how did you? work on this story to be for a podcasting medium as opposed to film or television, which you've also got a lot of experience. Yeah. In.
1: The the original idea I had is more of a, because I, I actually didn't know that it was an option to do it as a podcast, um, was, was for a feature or a TV show, but I, I didn't write any of it. Um, until it became a podcast. So it was really, you know, it's, it's so lends itself to the audio space because it's about a sound device. It's about mm-hmm. Julia, Rachel's character, listening and hearing things. And so we actually get to listen with her and hear with her. So um, when I I actually met with someone automatic, um, about that they were looking for a podcast. And I was like, wow, this idea would be so perfect for the space. And what I love is I didn't, you know, I think sometimes people try and kind of retrofit ideas into that space. And this was really something that from the development of the script um, was really intended to be listened to in this way.
2: It also creates such an intimate experience. Mm-hmm to your point, the, the idea of listening in, you have an audience that's listening or that sort of voyeuristically eavesdropping on all these different conversations, but they're also listening to Julia listen. Mm -hmm. And there's something so intimate about the form that way and inviting and thrilling that it feels like you You create in different ways in different mediums, but this one does feel tailor-made to do.
1: Yeah, it's more of a, Mm. a true POV perspective of the character. You know, it's kind of what you can access that in literature very well because you can write the monologue. And in film, obviously, it's done often, but I think something about the audio space, it really feels voyeuristic, but intimate. And, um, I think that's also kind of about technology in general, technology very much connects us, but also is a barrier between us. And, and it's this way where you feel like you're kind of like social media, for example, it's like, you feel like you're really intimately involved in someone's life, but it, you're actually removed. And that dichotomy is something that thematically is important. And I think also just very much in the way that you consume this type of media. So the technology
0: in listening in, which is a listening device called Hesty, um plays an integral role to the story. So do you feel like that is a commentary on how we're using technology in
1: our everyday lives? A little bit of both. I think that definitely, like I was just saying, mm-hmm. I, I do believe technology is an amazing tool. You know, we Rachel's in New York right now, I'm in LA, you know, we're on a Zoom, we're having an interview, we're we're almost together, right? And that's mm-hmm. very cool. But it's also, there is a sense of removal. And I think the Hesti device is one of those home listening sound devices that, um, yeah, you you use it as a way to access your, your media, your calls, your friends, but it's also uh, something in the middle, in the way. And um, I think, yeah, the intimacy of technology, but also the voyeurism thematically was important in writing it, it's, the message is not to me, technology is evil. You know, it's technology is Mm -hmm. a way to open up doors that weren't already there. And also sometimes the Pandora's box, so to speak, comes through those doors. And, um, in the series, that's very much what happens. You know, it's, it's for the best that Julia uncovers all this, but it also creates mayhem and chaos. And so I think that's a bit of a intended parallel between technology and the story. You don't think there's like a warning of be careful how you use technology? I mean...
0: <laughs> I think maybe it's more just that we're a little bit
2: at the... That our lives are so deeply intertwined with technology. Yes. Yeah. That whether intended mm-hmm. or not, we are a bit at the mercy of a technology that we don't quite understand yet how powerful it is.
1: And how it'll continue to affect yeah. us. You know, it's it's not so much here's technology, this invasive thing. It's It's completely immersed in our lives and um, I, again, I think it has both pros and cons to, to that. And if people view it as a warning, that's a personal choice, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm just trying to get any juicy answers, like a journalist. Yeah, I'm not. No, I
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's how people, re- I'm always very fascinated about technology and stories, not the tech itself, but how people relate to each other because of technology. And that's the world we live in. You know, yeah. we communicate through technology most of the time these days, and it's not so much about the tech, but as the way it changes our relationships to each other and ourselves. Um, whether that's good or bad, time will tell.
2: Well, and in this story, you know, while while one relationship is broken in effect by technology there are others that are created mm-hmm. and so it's a bit of a double-edged sword that way and yeah i yeah. think it's meant to invoke more questions than answers about any of this stuff Completely. it feels like yeah. in the in the yeah. grand scope of technology and and whatever lies ahead in a technological future we're pretty we're we're in its infancy yes uh, it feels like anyway yeah and and we just We have so much to learn about its power and we're in the midst of a time when we are all asking questions about, you know, exactly what our devices know about us and who has access Mm -hmm. to that information and who doesn't and what privacy means and... Are, are, have we signed it away,
1: you know? Um, Who just clicks accept and, all cookies all the time because it's yeah. easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's easier
2: and and sometimes there really isn't another option True. if you want yeah. to use something yeah. or you need to for work. And so, yeah. you know, we, we don't know necessarily where all of our data is going. So certainly I read the script for the first time and was reminded of a lot of the questions that I'm grappling with in this moment. And I think audiences at home might be too... Have conversations about what, what
0: they think the answers are to those questions for themselves. That's really well said. That's really, really well said. Is there, is there anything else that either of you would like to share about the process that has come up?
2: It was really fun to see people's different setups. Yeah. <laughs> How they manage this. I mean, I'm looking right now at the inside of your closet. Yes. You know, yes. I don't have the same setup that I did, but I was like hunched over a microphone inside a closet that was illiquid In a murder house. In the murder room, yeah. yeah. In in a very murdery room oh in my in, a, in my house. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we got to see inside, basically inside people's underwear drawers. It was a very intimate experience
1: from afar. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm just blocking my underwear right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, no, I also think for me, you know, whenever you kind of write something, you see it in your head and, and this takes away that, but added so many other layers and just the hearing the stages of it come together were so, it was so cool. You know, you hear the audio and then we hear, you know, I, we swapped all the takes, we built that out. And then you had the sound effects and you had the score and then the mix. And I think just the process of each step really adding such a deep layer was very cool. And, uh, the The way that the sound becomes so directional and the way that certain characters feel farther away and closer was something that, you know, you don't get when you're just recording. And so adding that in later um, in post-production was, was really cool. Amazing. Well, thank
0: you both so much. Very, very appreciative um, for your time. And I know that our listeners will be very, very excited to listen to the bonus episode of Behind the Scenes of Listening In. So great! thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Special thanks to Rachel Brosnahand and Sabrina Jaglum. Produced by Sandra Yi ling and Jack Friedman. Head of Music, Darren Johnson. Audio Engineering by Ryan Walsh and David Tattershaw. Edited by Ryan Walsh. Head of Mix, Ben Melchiff. Production Coordinator, Tom Breck. Production Assistant, Nick Curl. Listening In is a Q-Code, Automatic and Scrap Paper Pictures production. Sound Recording Copyright 2022 by Q-Code Media Incorporated.